everybody. How you doing? And welcome to episode number 94 of the John Riley Project. Today is Monday, December 2nd, 2019. We are broadcasting, as we always do, from the city in the country, Poway, California. And I'm telling you, Poway is in the news again, and um, not for a good reason. I mean, we, we had an awful tragedy in Poway earlier this year with the Poway Habad shooting, and now uh, our city is in a bit of a pickle with the water situation. So we're going to dig into that. We're going to talk about the Poway water situation. We're going to talk about the big news with Congressman Duncan Hunter uh, just broke today. He's resigning and he's pleading guilty. And we're going to kind of dive into a little bit of that. There's some free speech issues in the city of Carlsbad that we want to take a look at. So, man, there's just a lot to cover. And, you know, this podcast is all about life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And, you know, we're going to kind of get into some of those angles as we explore these issues. But, you know, I'm still fired up from my Thanksgiving. Did you guys have a great Thanksgiving weekend? I hope you did. Um, Loving the Aztec basketball team, how well they did in Vegas, Um, went in against Creighton and later against Iowa. What a just a great week for Aztec sports. They also beat BYU on the football field. So great stuff. Um, And we're just kind of, I'm a big college basketball fan and just uh, really fired up um, about the local program. So, um, but anyways, let's, um, yeah, let's dive into this whole Poway situation and the water here. And, you know, if you haven't heard the news, we've got this boil water um, ordinance and there's been some contamination in our water. And I I just want to break down this whole situation. You know, if you live here in Poway, you're going through it and maybe you can relate to some of the things I'm talking about. But if you aren't from Poway, maybe you have no idea what's going on. But, you know, our, our water system has been compromised and it started on Friday. And I remember seeing some posts on social media where some people were like, looking at the the water in their bathtub, like, you know, the, the RCA dog with their head sort of tilted, wondering what's going on, because they noticed sort of like a brownish tinge to the water, and they just didn't know. And people were posting, you know, on Facebook and some of our local Poway groups in Facebook asking if anyone had experienced this, and some people had experienced it, other people hadn't, and you knew something wasn't right, but you just weren't sure what was going on. You Maybe it was just some individual homeowner had some kind of a problem, maybe. Well, as the Saturday kind of unfolded, and we got to around 6 o'clock in the evening, and then suddenly we all got a boil water advisory. I guess this is the acronym, the BWA, a boil water advisory. And it was actually kind of cool the way the city set it up. You know, I, I'm assuming, I think we, we signed up to be on the text message and voicemail alert, the reverse 911. Um, and, you know, we got the alerts, I got the text message, and then the voicemail call, like, instantly afterwards. Um, well, actually, not a voicemail call. It was an automated call. And I thought the city did a good job of alerting everybody that, hey, we've got an issue. And, you know, so then, you know, people are like, on social media and like, what's going on? Did you get this post? And, and then people started kind of connecting the dots and like, oh yeah, you know, there was this issue, um, back in, um, on Friday. And, and so maybe something's going on here. Well, 
as the the evening kind of unfolded and we started getting some information and we found out that sure enough, the Poway water system had been compromised and that the city was going to be distributing water at Lake Poway, you know, and, and, and they were going to start at seven o'clock. And apparently people started lining up their cars like at six in the morning and the cars were all the way down Lake Poway Road onto Espola, and it was this sort of single file um, orderly system. It took a while, and then I guess the deal was is that everyone went up there and they got a half a case of water um, for each individual. You had to show that you were from Poway, and you know I thought, hey, right on. You know the city's trying to step up and you know, kind of cover, you know, while they're working out the issue with the water. Um, and, you know, when we had the boil of water advisory, what, what that meant is, is that if you're going to use the water for cooking, if you're going to use the water to drink, if you're going to use the water to wash your dishes, the recommendation was that you needed to boil it because they were saying that there was bacteria in the water. And if you just have a rolling boil for about a, a minute or so, it'll kill off the bacteria. Then you got to let the water cool and then you can use it, which, you know, I get this is how they did it in the olden days, apparently. Um, and so, you know, a bit cumbersome. And so people are struggling with that and they're worried and there's all kinds of rumors floating around. And then meanwhile, people are lining up to get free water. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking it's like the hurricane zones, you know, where the water is precious. And but, you know, here they're handing it out. So, you know, good for the city for doing that. And then, you know, some people are even saying, well, why in the heck would you wait in line that long burning fuel, wasting time when you can go out and just go buy water. It's not that expensive. Um, and, you know, people are buying it for like six bucks a case. Um, and we were, you know, we were fortunate because we had some water on hand. So, you know, it wasn't as bad for us. In fact, um, a couple of weekends prior, um, my wife hosted a baby shower at our house for two of her coworkers. So we had a lot of extra bottled water. We had a lot of extra paper plates and napkins. And so we were really equipped. We were fortunate. Um, so we didn't feel like we had an urgency to get in the line or to go scrambling for water. And so we were fine. Um, but, uh, you know, we had to sort of educate ourselves on this and, and we, we had to sort of learn, you know, and, and, and so what I did is I, I went around like, actually, it was Saturday night. I remember, you know, waking up in the middle of the night, you know, to take care of business, as I always do. And I remember getting a drink of water out of the tap in my bathroom, like I always do in the middle of the night. And then I remember going back into bed thinking, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't think I should have done that. I hope I'm okay. You know, and you start having these crazy thoughts. So you you kind of have to adjust to this. And it's amazing how you take the water system for granted. You just assume you turn it on and it works. But suddenly for us, it, it was an issue. And in fact, it was an issue for everyone in Poway. Now, you know, our city, Poway, is a legitimate city. It, you know, we got our own mayor and city council, and it's a municipality. And we have our own water system that is distinct and separate from the water system that goes into San Diego and you know other parts of the county. Now, we're all getting the water from a lot of the same places. You know, the, I think it's the SoCal Water Authority or something like that. And then they are the ones that feed all the, the water districts. But our city is also a water district. They kind of, you know, 
they, they wear two hats, our city council. They're also the water district. And so, you know, the city, it's interesting. I mean, you go back and look at the history of Poway. You roll the clock back, I don't know, maybe 70, 80 years ago, Poway struggled for water. And, you know, the city, the citizens got together. And this is before the city was incorporated. Poway was incorporated in 1980. It was back in I think the early 1960s, if I recall, I have to go back and check. I know Mary Shepherdson from the Poway Historical Society would 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 give us a full breakdown in the history. And by the way, Mary, if you're listening or watching this podcast or if people are listening or watching this podcast, we'd love to have you on as a guest because Mary has got great information, great stories, amazing photographs and information on the history of Poway. Well, anyways, I know that the city... Well, it wasn't a city, but the citizens of the town of Poway got together in, around 1960-ish, and they voted to put in a dam and put in essentially their whole their own water infrastructure for the city of Poway, and that's what ended up developing the the Lake Poway Recreational Area, and you know it was a very big source of pride back in the day, and um, you know, and, and the city of Poway's water had really been not a problem at all. Now for 50, 60 years or so, um, it hadn't been going without a hitch. There's never been a BWA, um, you know, a boil water advisory until now, you know. So everyone, you know, a lot of longtime Poway people here and they're like, you know, everyone's kind of tripping out, you know, wondering what's going on. And, um, you know, is, are we turn it into a sci-fi, you know, novel or something. Um, but, it was just interesting how the whole thing kind of unfolded. And, you know, now we get into Sunday afternoon. Oh, and by the way, for my house, what I did after I drank the water on Saturday night, you know, unbeknownst, just on autopilot, I woke up Sunday morning and I remember getting out these yellow post-it notes and I just have them on every faucet in our house. And I have it on the water dispenser on our refrigerator, just like a yellow warning sign. Don't drink from it. Because if you're not paying attention, you can, like I said, go on autopilot and just drink the water like you normally do. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, get the family organized. I got all the water bottles in the bathrooms and we brush our teeth. We're using the water bottles. Um, and so anyways, um, you know, Sunday afternoon starts unfolding and you start to get some bits and pieces of information, some directly from the city, some from city council members, some from a person that heard from another person. And the city, you can tell, they're working to figure it out. And the official line in the beginning is, is that there was some seepage of rainwater, stormwater, that had gotten into the clean water system. And, you know, people are thinking, well, you know, how does that happen? How does that work? And, you know, then people are jumping to conclusions and thinking there's sewage water that got mixed with the drinking water. And other people are saying, no, no, that's not true. They're completely separate closed loop systems. Um, so, you, all, again, all these rumors and innuendo are just flying on social media here in Poway about the situation. But, you know, the, the initial official word is that there was rainwater from the recent storms that it seeped in. And it, and it doesn't rarely happens. It, I don't think it ever happened in Poway. Other people were saying that in the Midwest, they've experienced that, that it happens from time to time. It's unfortunate. Um, people take precautions, but it does happen. Well, then the situation just kind of kept 
escalating. And so we get into Sunday and then we find out the state has been alerted, you know, and that's the city is, you know, really taking the necessary precautions and making sure that they follow protocol. The state's been alerted. Then the state contacts the county department of health in San Diego County, and they essentially shut down all of the restaurants and bars in San Diego, or excuse me, in Poway. And, you know, immediately everyone's like freaking out because, you know, those are our places where we enjoy eating and we've got friends and you know, neighbors that work in some of these places and suddenly they're not working. And, you know, this is suddenly our city is we're realizing how fragile it all is. Um, And so the restaurants closed and, you know, there was an article that that came out later today that talked about this. And I'm going to read this quote to you because this caught me off guard. And it said, um, this is from the Union Tribune, and I'll include the link in the show notes. Two days after county officials ordered the closure of all businesses serving food in Poway, nearly 200 restaurants and bars remained shuttered on Monday. That's today. Awaiting word from state officials that the water supply was safe and they could reopen. I'm thinking, 200? Do we have 200 restaurants and bars in Poway? I would, I would think that even 100 would be a stretch. Um, I, I, I'd love to see the breakdown on that. Maybe I'm under-assuming. I don't know, but I was shocked by that number. Um, so the restaurants are closed, and then now you know people are kind of freaking out. You know, It's like, oh, the workers and the holidays are coming, and you know they're barely getting by, and now they're not working. They're not getting paid. And, and then the other interesting thing is right now we're also having this big shop local campaign in Poway. And the, the Chamber of Commerce and, and, and City Hall are getting together trying to promote people to go to local Poway businesses, local Poway restaurants, and they've got prizes and raffles, and it's all about promoting local business, which is cool. Um, But then suddenly, now a lot of local businesses are shut down. So it's kind of crazy. So, you you know, it's interesting, too, is then you see people rallying on that point. They're thinking, oh, well, you know, we got to continue this shop local campaign, especially when the water comes back up. We got to double down and do business with our local with our local restaurants, and got to help each other out. And I, that's a great community spirit, and I love that. Um, so, you know, again, the, the whole thing just sort of unfolding. Some cases unraveling, other cases there's a little bit more order to it. We're getting bits and pieces of fragmented information, you know, but the the reports were sporadic. You know, there's there's brown water and some people are experiencing it. Other people aren't. And then there's a question of, well, are there certain neighborhoods where it seems to be happening? And there were some anecdotal cases where people were reporting it in the Garden Road area of Poway. And that's where my family used to live. We lived in the Garden Road area of Poway from 1996 until 2007. And it's a great area of Poway. And, and um, you know, so some of the people there were experiencing it. And, and this, again, you start thinking about the water system and we take it for granted, but now we're suddenly starting to think about, well, how are all these pipes connected and where's the water coming from and how does the water system work and where are these tanks and the filtration systems and is does is it going to the places that are more downhill or different elevations? And, you know, we're, we're learning about our water system, which is kind of, I guess, an interesting byproduct of this. Um, and we're, we're, we're still trying to figure it out. And 
the the city assures us that they're hustling and trying to figure it out, but they're being kind of coy. You know, they're not really telling you everything because they really don't know everything. They just know that there's been a compromise. And they say that, you know, they, they had done some initial tests and, you know, the concern is, is the bacteria levels. If they get above a certain threshold, then the water becomes unsafe to drink. Well, they, I guess they test it, and this is way over my skis here, but apparently they test it by looking at the chlorine levels, and then depending on the level of chlorine gives an indication of how much bacteria is actually in the water. And the story is, is that the bacteria levels appeared to be fine, but the water was still discolored. The water was still had a brown tinge for some people, and so... Again, you know, everyone's worried, everyone's concerned, but it seemed like this whole BWA, boil water, what did I call it? A B, boil water advisory um, was almost, it seemed like precautionary, you know, it was you know because they didn't want to err on the other side and hide it and then find out it was something worse. I mean, that would be a disaster. So, you know, they're erring on the side of caution. Um and there's a protocol and the state and the county are executing this in synchronicity. Um, but it appeared that, you know, the, the bacteria levels apparently were fine. You know, I drank the water in the middle of the night on Saturday and I'm still alive. Um, and then now suddenly it's now on the evening news, on television and, and you know, the media is here and they're checking everything out on Sunday. And, you know, it's just turning into a big story. And then you start to see the community reaction to this whole thing on Sunday. And it was fascinating to follow this, um, you know, mostly on Facebook. And first of all, we have a we, we have a number of people in our city and actually a great number of people in our city that really care about the civic affairs of Poway. They're, they're passionate about what happens in our city. They follow the detail of City Hall. They follow the, the every step that the city council takes, in some cases because they're just interested in it, in other cases because they love their city, in other cases because they're fighting City Hall. Um, but in this case, you could imagine all of these community activists are just, you know, radar up. You know, they're fired up. They're paying attention and there's chirping on Facebook and you're starting to see fingers pointed, you know, the mayor or the city manager and someone did something wrong. And you see a lot of this kind of, you know, baseless accusations because we don't have all the facts, um, but it's already the chirping is starting and um, and then, you know, the distribution of water was at Lake Poway, which is in the northern part of Poway. And, you know, th there are some people that see Poway as divided, as North Poway and South Poway. North Poway, where there, the homes are typically, um, you know, higher valued homes on larger pieces of land with far less commercial, um, you know, far less commercial activity. South Poway has older homes, lower home values, more apartments, more rentals, and tremendous more commercial activity and low-income housing. And so you know, there's, a, there's, there's a disparity between the two. Um, some people make a big deal out of that disparity. Some people choose not to make a big deal out of that. But, you know, there's a difference. And the people that live in South Poway are 
sensitive to this, you know, much more so than the people in North Poway. And I, I kind of get it because we lived in South Poway for 11 years. So I kind of understand the angle to this. Now, we happen to live in North Poway now. Um, but the people in South Poway, at least our community activists there, were concerned that, hey, wait a minute, why are you distributing the water just in North Poway? We got all these people here in South Poway and they can't get there. Maybe they don't have a car. They got to take public transportation. It's on a Sunday. The buses aren't going, you know, and people are, you know, just spinning, you know, as this thing is unfolding. And, you know, that's a legit point. You know, if you're going to be giving out free water, you think you would have multiple drop off locations for the water, Um, especially if, you know, there's a lot more high density living in the southern part of the city. Um, so, you know, families are scrambling. You know, I tell you, people are waiting in line. And the other people, you know, Poway is a big horse town, right? So there's a lot of people that own horses and they're wondering too, you know, because we were told not to feed, not to give the water to our pets. But what about horses? Can the horses take it? And, you know, and then the city's telling the horse people, you should talk to your veterinarian. Well, the veterinarian doesn't know. They don't know what's going on with the water. And so, again, all these questions and and everyone's running around for information. And then it was kind of cool is there were people in Poway that are water professionals. You know, they either work for water districts or they work in the commercial industry with water filtration equipment. And then they're offering advice and everyone basically saying, you know, the filters don't work uh, to solve this problem in particular. If you've got bacteria, you know, you have to boil the water or the water needs to be flushed. That's just the way it's going to be. But don't depend on a filtration system. Um, And then it was interesting, too, is other people were chiming in that had lived in Mexico where the water is very suspect and they had certain disciplines that they executed in their home and they shared that with people in Poway and it made a lot of sense. And you start to see people doing the same thing where, you know, you can wash your hands, you could take a shower, you can wash your dish, your wash your um, uh, yourself in the shower. Um, you can use the dishwasher, but you have to use hot water and use the sanitation setting, you know, so the heat is just really hot and it scorches anything in there that, that is, uh, you know, potentially has bacteria residue on it. Um, and then you know, if you brush your teeth, you got to use bottled water. You don't drink the water directly. And, and they had some really good ideas to share that really apply to us in this case. So so this is all just kind of unfolding on Sunday. And, you know, the mayor Voss and other city council members are they're out there handing out the water and, you know, they're hustling and they're trying to do what they can. It's kind of all hands on deck. And then suddenly it's Monday, and that's today. And right now, I'm recording this. It's about I don't know, maybe about nine o'clock at night. Um, but this morning, the city of Poway then started providing more water bottles, and they just—I don't know how the heck they got so much of these water. I mean, imagine, like you know, those bottles—they're like about I don't know, maybe twelve ounces, I think, of water, and they come in a case of I don't know what is it, twenty-four or maybe forty bottles. You know, it's like a, a large, like a size of a suitcase, like a carry-on suitcase for a airplane. And they're just handing these things out. I mean, just people coming for the water. And then they're going down to, the, you know, they're distributing at City Hall today, which is in South Poway, which is great. And those people are being satisfied. And the news is out there interviewing people as they're coming in. And, you know, they're on KUSI Channel 9. And generally, people are pretty cool about it. They're going with the flow. They're not frantic, running around the hair on fire. They understand the situation and they're just getting the free water. So, you know, 
right on. Um, and, um, you know, then then, you know, you see Mayor Voss was on TV. I saw a clip of it today. And, you know, he was saying, you know, the water's is safe. He goes, I'm drinking the water and I'm feeding the water to my pets. You know, right now the water is safe. We've tested it. We're just waiting on the state to give us the green light to move forward. Um, you know, so they, they got they're waiting on the sign offs. But he, he was saying, well, it's just a little bit of mud got in the system. And I'm thinking, OK, that sounds a little bit, you know, maybe uh, what's the right word? Kind of minimizing maybe what really happened. And I don't know if we if we'll ever know exactly what happened. Uh, so was it rain runoff? Was it the lake water mixing in? Was it was it um, just a little bit of mud that got in there? And I mean, if water's turning brown, you'd have to get a lot of mud into these tanks. I mean, these tanks are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of gallons of water that are in these tanks. So, um, you know, it's also interesting as you we're learning about this and what do they call it? A clear water tank. And um, again, I'm learning about the water system. They have these where the water gets pumped in. And I think it goes into Lake Poway originally. That's my understanding. And then it goes through multiple filtration, um, you know, and, and cleansing um, systems. And then eventually it gets into a clear water tank. And that clear water tank apparently is the, the clear water, the clean water. And that's the one that eventually is distributed through the infrastructure that goes into people's homes. And um, apparently it was the clear water tank that was compromised um, after the filtration and, you know, rainwater seepage. We're not sure. And then also people are showing up there saying, hey, we got a well on our house. If anyone needs water, you can help. We can help you. And so you got people helping people. And, you know, that's a good thing going on. And then I'll give credit um, to Kaylin Frank. And, and Kaylin is one of our city council members. She was here on the John Riley Project back in, was it September or October of last year um, when she was a candidate running for city council? Normally, the city council members are not really active on, on social media. Uh, they set, definitely don't kind of engage in the dialogue too much. Um, you know, they're usually pretty careful about how they distribute information. But I'll give Kaylin credit. She was engaged with the people in Poway, responding to their needs, clarifying the news that could be distributed. Um, If people were sharing a rumor that was false, she was quick to, you know, correct that problem. Um, She was making people aware of where the water could be picked up. She was doing her job as a city council person. And I, I give Kaylin Frank great credit. I think she's handling herself really well and, you know, really jumping into social media as a way to reach out to the citizens of Poway. So I thought that was wonderful. But then it started to get even more tricky as Monday unfolded and the whole issue started to become politicized. Um, So, you know, you got, like I said, we have this, a, a very, um, a very strong group of community activists that are very engaged with the city and they start doing research and they're looking back through city records and, and public information and finding memos from 
the director of the water services and their reports to the city manager and to the city council. And they're discovering back in May of 2019, there was some kind of an improvement or a maintenance project that was seeking approval from this Poway City Council. And then people start jumping to conclusions. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe the city council didn't approve it. Maybe they were slow in reacting. And, you know, again, innuendo, rumor, finger pointing, all of this going on, and we still don't really know everything. You know, it's still really early, Um, but lots of people were guessing. And the city began, you know, releasing a little more information at a time and trying to communicate. It wasn't like at a hurricane, you know, where they have those press conferences, like, couple times a day, they would, they would post things on the website, post things at city hall and have those official statements. But this is where it got nasty. And, um, Joel Anderson, if you know who he is, he is a former state Senator. Um, I think a former state assemblyman, he is running for, um, County supervisor in district two in San Diego County district two represents East County and Poway, which is kind of part of East County. And that's the joke in Padres Twitter. If you ever on there, the Padre Twitter people love joking, calling Poway East County. And that some of the Poway people get upset. We're not East County. Well, District 2 for the county supervisor race is East County, and it includes Poway. So anyways, um, Joel Anderson is running for county supervisor. He's a Republican. And his primary opponent is Steve Voss, the the mayor of Poway. Okay, and you know Steve Voss is, you know he's he's a colorful character, and we all see him. He's the the cowboy mayor. He always wears his cowboy hat and kind of has sort of a rural persona and character. He's a Grammy award winning musician. Uh, he's a pretty interesting guy. Where Joel um, Anderson is a very kind of um, you know st- straight ahead, um, you know. Uh, Republican, I guess, you know, just like the meat and potato Republican that you'd expect to see um, where not nearly as colorful as Voss. And Joel Anderson began attacking Steve Voss over this situation. I want to read this to you. Um, And this is a quote from Joel Anderson's press release. And he said, Steve Voss has turned Poway into a third world country where the safety of water is in question. Um, Anderson stated in his email sent to campaign supporters and the media, further claiming that Steve Voss ignored the basic health and safety needs of Poway residents. And I think, oh, my God. So a third world country? Come on, Joel Anderson. I mean, you know, it's not like we've got it's not like we're in Indonesia. Um, you know, there's just there's an issue with our water system working to correct it. You know, we can we'll find out what the real problem is, who's to blame. But again, more jumping to conclusions. And and then St- Steve Voss responded. And this is all in an article from the East County magazine. And I'll I'll share the link in the show notes. And I'll quote from this. It says, Voss bristled at the notion of Poway as a third world city. He told the East County magazine that Joel Anderson's attack is, quote, a politician doing what politicians usually do, flapping their lips about something they do nothing about. He goes, I'm doing what mayors do, taking care of my city. (laughs) And then um, the mayor, you know, Steve Voss, offered praise for the city staff in Poway and the community's response 
quote, in my mind, the incredible story here has been how this community has stepped up within hours of learning of the potential water problem. Steve Voss said we had tens of thousands of cases of water which were given to the city residents and delivered to the homebound. So right on, you know, so again, the battle, the politicization of this, um, you know, Steve Voss, he's, you know, he's a he's a been reelected as mayor. He's running in this county supervisor race. I think he's going to be on the ballot in November of 2020, not the one in March. Um, but wow, I mean, it's heating up, right? <laughs> and people are taking shots um, as as this thing is unfolding. So just adding to, to the drama, you know, of this whole situation. Well, then today, here's like the official notice from the city, and I'll read it to you. And this is the latest city update. After extensive investigation, the city of Poway believes that a storm drain backed up into the water treatment facilities Clearwell Reservoir during the last week's storm. This was an isolated incident not related to any planned future capital improvement projects. The city is securing the stormwater outlet to eliminate any future backflow occurrences. The city is also draining a section of the reservoir in order to isolate the area affected and disinfect it. Crews will flush the water distribution system to ensure that it's ready to bring the water system back online. Per the state of California requirements, the city continues to test water and has found that the chlorine residuals meet standards. The city of Poway remains under precautionary boil water advisory. And to emphasize, a thorough inspection in conjunction with the state shows no issues with maintenance nor any negligence to the clear clear well and were not the cause of the water discoloration. And hence, and which again, tests show no chemical or bacterial contamination, hence why the Boil Water Authority, the BWA, the Boil Water Authority is precautionary and not mandatory. We are erring on the side of extreme caution. Okay, so actually, that's good that the city came out with that. They're clarifying and and setting the record straight. And this, this came out today. It was like this afternoon. Um, so it seems like this is going to get cleared up pretty quick. It seems like they figured out the problem. They fixed the problem. Now they're going through the decamp contamination, waiting on the state to give approval. And then they'll probably give us a green light on the water. But when we do get the green light on the water, we're going to have to flush the systems. And like I know for us, I'm going to have to empty all the ice out of our ice machine in our refrigerator and then probably load that up two or three times and dump it out till eventually um, we can use the ice uh, but it feels like this is pretty much being handled, I think. I mean, we have limited information. Um, but it is amazing how dependent we are on these things. It was kind of like when we have a power outage and suddenly you have no electricity and, and you're sort of you know, stunted, you're frozen. What do I do? <laughs> That's what it feels like when now we don't have water. And again, we, we're fortunate. We had a lot of bottled water on hand and it really di- didn't disrupt our rhythm. Um, but I'm sure for some people, it threw them a curveball. And so it's, it's interesting, again, how, how we're so dependent on it. Um, for us, it's, it's been a minor inconvenience. It's, I, I frankly have, en- in my own perverse way, <laughs> enjoyed listening and following the drama and following all these people on social media and the reactions and the 
the accusations and the politicization and, you know, the rumors. And I, I don't know, I kind of get off on a lot of that. Um, but it's fun, you know, to follow it. But it's a serious matter. I mean, it's, I'm not ma- making light of the matter at all. It's a very serious matter. Um, but it's just fascinating, you know, and, and by and large, the community has rallied. By and large, the community has come together, helping people out. Like I said, people have, um, you know, w- wells and they're offering people water. People are helping out, getting water to people. People are sharing information. People aren't too bent out of shape on it. Uh, I'm sure the businesses are suffering. You know, they were shut down on Sunday. So today is Monday. They've had two days where they weren't in business and they, they interviewed one of the um, owners of the players um, sports bar, uh, bar and grill. It's kind of near Walmart and the DMV. And they were talking to that guy and, and he was saying how, um, you know, they missed Sunday football and Monday night football today. And, you know, they usually get big crowds for that. And so they missed out on that. He's not sure what to do with his food and, and is it insured? And, you know, it's interesting. Then we see the report from um, the the owner of the original Pancake House, and he was saying how they had a great November. They were looking forward to a great December, and it, December was setting up nice because there was one extra weekend, the way the calendar broke this year. But then they got shut down, so he's not sure, and he's worried about his employees because they're being sent home. And then we saw the report today that the In-N-Out Burger, which is located up um, in the Bowie Business Park in Scripps Poway Parkway, that is actually open now. And people are saying, well, they opened it because they're only serving burgers and shakes and you don't need water for that. Um, they're not – and where people are saying, well, yeah, but don't you have to wash the vegetables? And don't you – even though you may be serving things in baskets or in paper bags, don't you have, um, you know – spatulas and other equipment in your kitchen that you need to clean? And what are you doing? So, but apparently they opened. I'm wondering now, are they under a different water system up in the Poway Business Park? I'm not sure. I kind of doubt it, Um, but I'm not sure. So there's been a lot of, you know, interesting stories coming out of this. And there's a a Peyton Place sensation to all this. And we're going to find out more. Like I said, I I think my my gut tells me that you know this is probably going to blow over in a few days. Um, I hope that's the case, uh, but I think we're all anxiously awaiting. So you, maybe you've seen this in the news, but I wanted to share with you what I know as we're going through this. And I think I'm going to be doing a little more research, learning more about how a a, a water district works. You know, the water where does the water come from? And I think I know the basics. You know, I think it goes into the Lake Poway first. And then it goes through multiple filtration systems and cleaning systems, then to the clear well. And then from there, it's distributed to homes. But I don't know, like up on Twin Peaks, there are multiple water tanks. Like how does the water get up there? Is that after the clear well? And that's clear water up there. And then that's what's distributed to the homes. I think that's what it is. Um, But I want to learn more. So if, if, by the way, if if you know about this, um, Get, contact me. Let me know on, on, on social media. Let's talk about it. If you know a lot, I'd love to have you on as a guest. I, I think the whole water system is a fascinating um, topic to talk about because, um, you know, here we are in San Diego. We're essentially a desert right up against the ocean and there's water challenges. But meanwhile, this San, San Diego County has been doing a good job. They like increase the size of the dam at San Vicente and, you know, they're trying to collect more water here locally. 
You know, it's interesting to follow the water at Lake Hodges. The water goes up, it goes down. It's been down for quite some time. Um, and then, you know, we're getting the water from Northern California. We get water that's coming in from the Colorado River. I know there's negotiations with the farmers in Imperial Valley, and we're getting water from them. Um, and then there's the desalinization plant in Carlsbad. I I just think this whole thing is interesting because, you know, you've got to have a really good system to support all the people here in Southern California. Because if it wasn't for importing of all this water, I don't know how in the heck we'd survive. Um, but it's really intriguing. So, um, like I said, I'll, I'll post um, some some articles about this in the show notes. Hey, um, hey, I'm really working on building my mailing list for the John Riley Project. So love for you to sign up and go to johnreillyproject.com slash subscribe. Um, go there, just leave me your email address and sign up. And I'll, I'll be sending out newsletters um, from time to time, kind of giving you updates on uh, our future guests that we have scheduled, maybe some interesting news on our previous guests, um, some tidbits, some, you know, valuable information that I think you'll enjoy. Um, I'll be including that in a newsletter that I like to release approximately uh, monthly. And then, you know, I might have some additional announcements to share with you. So if you'd like to get more information and kind of get a little more of the behind the scenes info on this podcast, go to johnreillyproject.com slash subscribe and get on our mailing list. And uh, we'd love to continue the conversation there. Excuse me. Okay, moving along. Um, I want to get into Duncan Hunter and this Carlsbad free speech issue. I mean, these aren't nearly as long as the Poway water topic, but I think these are worth talking about. So Duncan Hunter Jr., Duncan Hunter Jr., he is the, um, the, the congressman, I guess now the former congressman from... Um, what is it? Is it District 50, I think is? It's the one in East County. So like Hunter, he lives in Alpine and it's, you know, that whole East County area. And I know, you know, Hamul and Potrero and Pine Valley, but I think it also includes parts of um, El Cajon or Rancho San Diego, maybe even parts of Spring Valley, maybe. I'm not sure exactly, but I know it's not all rural, uh, but it definitely has parts of the suburban sprawl of San Diego County or like on the fringes of that district. Um, and he had been under fire, you know, for a long time now. It's been going on for like a, at least a year, I think, where he was being um, accused of violating campaign finances. You know, this is when people are donating money to his campaign and there are rules about how that money can be used. You know, it has to be used for the campaign. And he was always accused of using that money for personal reasons. And this has been going back and forth in the media. He's been under fire. And amazingly, yeah, this has been going on a while because he was reelected in 2018, um, even though he was under fire. I mean, that just goes to show how um, how red that district is. It's so hardcore Republican. Um, and then on top of it, you know, Duncan Hunter Jr., he's the son of Duncan Hunter Sr. Duncan Hunter Sr., um, you know, a widely respected uh, man in that, uh, in that uh, district. Um, I think he served like 14 terms in Congress and, you know, he was um, a decorated uh, veteran. And, you know, when it came time for him to res- retire, he basically teed it up for his son. His son has the same name, Duncan Hunter Jr. So 
for a lot of people that voted for Duncan Hunter on autopilot, it was just the easiest decision in the world. It was completely like the perfect layup for Duncan Hunter to get into office. Um, and, you know, now he's he just made a, just a whole cascade of foolish decisions. Um, I mean, he just totally blew it. I mean, he he was given like a red carpet to get into Congress and he just stay in his lane. He would have been a, probably a very successful congressman and been reelected multiple times. But the guy just imploded. And some of the the examples of how the violations are just unbelievable. Um, there were cases of, um, you know, using the campaign funds to pay for his children's private school tuition. There was cases of using it just to buy for personal effects um, for vacations, um, they even the family was traveling, and they used five hundred dollars of campaign funds to transport their pet rabbit across the country, you know, so the children can have the rabbit. And I mean, and and that's just the the ones that are in the you know oh my god category, not in the crazy category. He had other cases where, um, you know, he was accused of having affairs with with staffers and lobbyists. And there were receipts of, you know, boondoggles to Lake Tahoe and hotel bills and all this other stuff. And then that created this whole firestorm around his marriage. And and then his wife was his campaign manager and was managing the finances. And apparently she gave the green light on some of these spending. And they're they're both blaming each other. And I think they're going through a divorce, I think. Um, so just all this drama. And um, and apparently he he finally just broke down and admitted. I know his wife pleaded guilty um, in June of this year and agreed to testify against Duncan Hunter. So I guess they probably are divorced if she's going to go and testify against him. And she did that in order to get a reduced sentence. And he had been saying, oh, this is a witch hunt, you know, just like Donald Trump's been always saying, oh, it's a witch hunt. And they're just these crazy media. They're just after me. It's all baloney. It doesn't matter. And now he's finally saying, yeah. It was real. And um, I want to not put my children through the drama of this anymore. And, you know, good for him for coming to grips with it. And he wants to have their children to have a mom. He's going to I'm going to take blame for it. Um, and good for him. I mean, he's finally stepping up like a man and doing the right thing. Finally. Um, and so he's retiring or resigning from his office. But there was a segment in this article in the Union Tribune that just this was, to me, the most unbelievable thing. I, I, I got to read this to you. Now, apparently, by the way, let me just tee it up. The, the, the family had been in all kinds of financial, personal financial chaos. And that's why they had to move out of their house and sell the house to pay off debt. And they moved into the dad's house. And, you know, there are all these crazy situations going on with money. Just completely mishandled. It both not just by Duncan Hunter, but by his wife, who was the campaign manager that was you know, giving the authorization for all this. But listen to this. The couple's joint bank account was overdrawn more than 1,100 times over the six plus years of records examined by prosecutors. And the couple racked up some $36,000 in overdraft penalties. Um and they paid these fees with the campaign funds. Now, now this is crazy. So six years, 1,100 overdrafts. So, so just to make the math easy, assume 1,200. That's like 200 overdrafts a year. And there's like, you know, again, make the math easy, about 50 weeks in a year. So that's like four 
overdrafts a week. That's an overdraft charge like every other day. Like how how does that happen? Like I understand like you might go through a tough stretch and you might have like a week where everything kind of blew up and you have multiple overdrafts. I, I get it. I, I had that problem when I was young. Um, but like for a week over the course of six years, it's like how – no wonder these people are in personal finance um, disaster. You know, they can't manage their money properly. And by the way, this is a person that we're having represent us in Congress. So just insane. So – I'm happy to see that he's finally stepping down. So now what's going to happen, and there is, um, what's the gentleman's name? He he ran, he was the Democrat, and he uh, came up short in the last cycle. He gets Amar um, Nassan, I think is his name, and it's a, a dash, and there's another part to his name. Forgive me, I don't know his name. I've seen him interviewed, very capable young man, um, and I think he's going to have a great chance to win. Uh, because he's, you look at the other candidates, Carl DeMaio is running. Carl DeMaio lives in Rancho Bernardo. I mean, he's like a local to us. He doesn't even live in that district and he's running. And then Daryl Issa lives even further away. Daryl Issa lives, I think, in Vista and he's running in this district. That, by the way, it blows me away that you don't have to live in that district to qualify to be the representative of that district. So, and DeMaio is doing well in the polls and, you know, he's, DeMaio, you know, love him or hate him. I mean, he's a fighter. He, he loves the, the media attention and he's aggressive and sometimes too aggressive and it gets him in trouble. Um, but how I, I, can't, I would just be disappointed if the people in that district voted for someone that doesn't even live in their district. Um, but then there's another guy, Brian Jones, and he's from Santee. So that's another one of the cities that's in this district, another suburban city. And he's a I think a city councilman from Santee, and I know he served in Congress, I'm not Congress, in the state assembly, maybe the state Senate, one or the other. Um, so he's a longtime politician. Um, he's a local, and he, he was always trolling Isa and DeMaio, you know, basically p- calling them out for not being, you know, legit, you know, because they don't live in the district. So it's either going to be, I think, Brian Jones, or it's going to be um, this other person, um, um, Amar uh Nassan, and forgive me, I can't remember his full name. Um, I think it's going to come down. I, I would hope it comes down to those two. Um, but I have a feeling, you know, will the district flip? You know, it it had always been so hardcore red Republican when Duncan Hunter Sr. was there. But then when Junior just started blowing up, you know, he lost a lot of that support. Are they going to lose even more of that support? Very curious, because I would think that of all we have five congressional representatives in San Diego County, I would think that district is the one that is most Republican. Um, And I think of the five, if I recall, I think three of them are Democrats and two are Republican right now. Uh, So is that one going to flip? We'll see. So I I think it's going to be fun to watch. Um, All right. So, um, hey. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, PowayStore.com. Uh, come on out to PowayStore.com. And it's a website. And they've got all these great Poway shirts, um, long sleeve T-shirts, uh, short sleeve T-shirts, all with Poway uh, across the chest. Um, some clever ones with American flags and some that look like, um, you know, varsity kind of look. Um, there's others that some, the cool one I like is it's like straight out of Poway, you know, like the straight out of Compton. Um, so a lot of really clever t-shirts that are there. 
at PowayStore.com. There's also holiday ornaments and stickers and magnets, um, glassware, uh, drinkware. So all kinds of cool stuff there at PowayStore.com. Check it out. Great place to do some Christmas shopping and stocking stuff. So check it out, PowayStore.com. Get on their email list at PowayStore.com and also sign up for updates there. So sign up on the John Riley Project email list at johnreillyproject.com slash subscribe. And you can also go to the powwaystore.com and on their front page down at the bottom, there's a sign up there to get on their mailing list as well. So please do that. Um, all right. So this is the last topic I want to get into about Carlsbad free speech. You know, I, one of the things I talk about in this podcast and, you know, we're about life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And yeah, I live in Poway and I do cover a lot of the local stuff in Poway, but I'm trying to broaden the scope. I want to cover a lot more San Diego County stuff. And that's why we're talking about Duncan Hunter Jr. Now we're talking about Carlsbad. Some really interesting things going on there about free speech. And they just changed a lot of the rules in Carlsbad around public demonstrations because apparently there was a demonstration in 2018 and the city was really heavy handed about how they handled it. This is an interesting case. So read this from the article. And um, this is also from the Union Tribune and from November 24th. The revised rules for expressive activities, I put that in air quotes, expressive activities, such as public demonstrations and marches, were approved last week by the city council of Carlsbad, the result of an anti-Trump rally at the city's Cannon Park in June of 2018. Um, So that was the the event that caused all of this uproar. This new ordinance lowers the advance notice required to apply for a permit from 90 days to two days, increases the size of a group that needs a permit from at least 50 to 75 or more, and eliminates the fee charge for using a public park among other charges. Okay, so first of all, you have to go to city hall and get permission to express yourself, permission to exercise your free speech rights. You have to give multiple days notice. Um, you have to pay a fee to express your free speech rights. What the hell is this? Um, now, you know, you, I did a whole podcast on the Poway protesters and, you know, they're the ones that are out here, Pomerado Road and Twin Peaks Road. And I, I met with them and there's a, the group of anti-Trump people and a group of pro-Trump people. And they're on opposite corners. They're always out there every Sunday morning from 11 to 12, maybe 10 to 12 in the morning. Um, and I talked to one of you know, the leader of the anti-Trump group, which really the ones that kind of got the whole thing going. And she talked to the city here in Poway and I asked her, you know, do you have to get a permit or do anything like that? And she said, no, as long as. We're not obstructing the right of way as long as we're not getting in the way of cars or blocking traffic. And as long as we stay up on the curb, um, you know, and as long as, you know, we're not causing trouble, then it's not a problem at all. Um, And I thought that's that's fantastic. That's the way it should be. The government, if you if you this goes back to why this podcast is about life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. So if you read the. um preamble of the Declaration of Independence. That's where it talks about our inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It also says that government's role is to secure those rights. So to secure our liberty, to secure our freedoms. And that's reflected in the First Amendment of the Constitution, where 
Congress shall pass no law to abridge our freedom of speech. So, you know, if you extend that across all government and a lot of those Bill of Rights have been, you know, cascade down to the state and local level, they're also held liable to those same standards. If if we if the government is 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 supposed to protect our free speech, to protect it from being abridged by government, right? Um, then if a city asks to give any demand any kind of a fee to do a rally or a march, that is a violation of the First Amendment in the first place. So the fact that they used to require a 90-day advance notice is freaking outrageous. I mean, I'm shocked they got away with that for so long. And thankfully, they've reduced it down to two. In my opinion, it should be zero. Um, And the city manager, I think it was saying he was probably both sides are not going to be happy with this. It's a compromise. But it is just unbelievable. Now, it's a positive revision, but they should have gone much further. Um, You know, the revised ordinance also waives the requirements for permit applicants to obtain insurance for the event to reimburse the city for police response costs and to furnish proof of responsibility for any property damage. So, again, the city previously had set up all these barriers and and uh, obstacles to qualify just to express your free speech rights. That's what America is based on. You shouldn't. If it's a right, like a right of free speech, you shouldn't have to ask permission to 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 um, implement your own rights. That, that's the whole point of a right is that you don't have to ask for permission. Um, so in general, the courts have ruled that things such as permits, fees and insurance are restrictions of free speech and they're right. And so the city of Carlsbad has reduced it from 90 days in advance notice to two days. That's good, but you got to go to zero because it's still an abridgment or still an, yeah, an abridgment of free speech. Um, and then depending on the size of the group, you know, it used to be 50 or more. Now it's 75 or more. Again, that and you, and you have to pay a fee for a permit. Um, all those things, the, those um, you know, used to be a permit fee. Now there is no permit. But those are all restrictions on free speech. And it's just a shame to see this. I mean, um, and then meanwhile, I'll take a little bit of a tangent, and I'm just getting news about this. The city of Poway is, you know, like I I gave them praise there for the way they're handling the protesters, um, the Trump and anti-Trump protesters on the street corner. They're not making them pay fees. And, you know, they're basically saying, you know, if you don't obstruct traffic and you behave, then we're not going to give you any trouble, which makes sense. Um, But- for people that attend city council meetings, you know, at the beginning of the city council meeting, they usually have, um, you know, public comments and usually they can go three minutes and they're timed. Um, and they're starting to now give the city council the authority to reduce that time. There's also um, uh, the city of Poway is considering uh, implementing additional rules that prevent excessive celebration because sometimes, you know, someone will make um, oral comments, you know, from the public will go up to the podium and address city council and they'll say some things and they feel passionate about it and they, they're fighting city hall. And sometimes they've got a crowd with them and the crowd will cheer them on, you know, and big applause. And the city council wants to shut that down. They want to say, Hey, if you're cheering or being too expressive, you can be removed from that city council meeting. And I'm thinking this is nuts. And so 
I, I know there's going to be a bunch of people at this event. I think the city council meeting is tomorrow, Tuesday night. I'm going to be unable to attend. I have a, a work obligation tomorrow night. But um, I'm telling you, free speech is under attack. It, it still continues to be under attack. And you, know, you can always usually point the finger. Is it the, is it the, the left or the right that's, kind of, that's a, a attacking free speech? Lately, the trend has been to blame the left. Um, where political correctness and the shutdown of free speech on college campuses and, you know, safe zones and the whole snowflake and all that, you're starting to see, you know, for the, actually not starting, you've been seeing this for a while now, where free speech is coming under attack from the left. Um, it used to be under attack from the right, you know, back in the, the 60s and um, where the right was usually shutting down the hippies from doing all the free speech. UC Berkeley became like very famous for being a free speech zone. Then UC Berkeley flipped and they were protesting speech. I mean, Ben Shapiro was do, giving a speech there and it it caused like this big uproar and people objecting to what he had to say. And I mean, it just nuts that's going on. And then it got to the point where the, the, the government facility, the University of California was banning these people from speaking, you know, essentially thwarting free speech. Well, now this case here, both this, you know, here in the city of Poway, every one of the um, elected council members and the mayor, all Republicans, and they're now wanting to shut down or at least tightly control speech at a public meeting. And, like, come on. I mean, I know they want to have decorum and they don't they want it to be orderly, but democracy is messy on purpose. And that's what makes it special and beautiful, in my opinion. Um, but they want to control. It's just like what they did with the campaign signs. And they wanted to get rid of that because they didn't like the, the clutter and the mess. And they want to restrict free speech. Now we're seeing it being restricted from the right. And I and I think we saw that in Carlsbad in 2018 when the city council there, which I, I'm i not sure if they're Republican or Democrat. I'm not sure, but there's a good chance they were probably heavily Republican there. Um, they were shutting down speech there. Now, thankfully, they've you know woken up and they've relaxed those rules. Um, they haven't eliminated them and they should. But it's, it's a shame that now Poway is starting to fall into that trap. I know there's going to be, you know, the same group of people I spoke about earlier that are the community activists that are going after the, the whole Poway water situation and digging and probing. I know they're going to be at City Hall tomorrow night and, you know, give them hell. <laughs> I go up there and speak loudly. And if it's for free speech, man, you have my support on that 100 um, percent. So, wow. Um, man, we've covered Poway Water. We covered Duncan Hunter. We've covered free speech in the city of Carlsbad. Um, covered East County politics and the the county supervisor race. Yeah, we got a lot into this podcast. Hey, if you want to continue the conversation, join us on Facebook. Um, we've got the John Riley Project uh, Facebook page. I've got the special secret Facebook page, the John Riley Project Insiders Group. You know, join us there. Um, you know, we, we sometimes have some interesting dialogue there. Lately, it's been kind of quiet. Um, I need to kind of stoke the flame a little bit in there and, and get some more action. Um, but we usually have some really detailed conversation with people that are big fans of the podcast. You can join us in that secret closed Facebook group. Just 
just, um, you know, ask, request permission um, and I'll let you in. I let everybody in. Um, but it's an exclusive group. Join us there. Um, or just be in our regular fan page on the John Riley Project Facebook page. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter, John Riley Poway. I'm usually pretty vocal on Twitter, mostly politics, but a lot of sports too. Um, speaking of sports, David Leland's coming back. He's going to be here Thursday and we're going to talk about Aztec basketball and we're going to talk about the Padre moves that just happened. So I'm really looking forward to David Leland joining us. Um, love talking sports with him. So he'll be here shortly. Um, Hey, so thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Please share this podcast. Um, let a friend know about it. Um, you know, take a link, share it, um, share it with a friend. Let them know about this uh, podcast, John Riley Project. This guy in Poway, and he talks about local politics, local issues, current events. Um, we, we also talk about sports and electric vehicles, and we talk about self-improvement and a whole bunch of other issues that I like getting into, entrepreneurism and free market economics. So join us here, um, share the podcast with others. We'd really appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, click on that subscribe button right below. Really trying to build up my subscriber base on YouTube. Um, so I leave you with this closing quote. We talked a lot about water. So it's a quote about water from good old Benjamin Franklin. And he said, when the wells dry, we know the worth of water, right? That's totally it, man. That's just what I was saying. We take for granted that the water always comes out of that tap and then suddenly the water's compromised and whoa, you know, it really throws your world off center. So Benjamin Franklin, when the well's dry, we know the worth of water. So, wow, what a great way to finish up with a Ben Franklin quote here on episode number 94 of the John Riley Project. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for joining us. And we'll catch you later. See you later, friends. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.